God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon. Ladies, we are into the first full week of December, and I want to take a few minutes to do a heart check. I want you to know that I care and I'm really thinking of you as you're moving forward into what can be a really hard season, even though it's a holy season. For the moms who are experiencing Christmas for the first time without your husband, without the daddy for your children, I know it's excruciating and it feels unbearable. And for those of you who have done this a few times, I'm also thinking of you because it's a lot. I want to let you know that even though I haven't even met most of you, I want to affirm the work that you are doing. You are beautiful, Mom, and you are loved. You're seen by God, and you matter. I don't know if anyone's telling you that, but I want you to know that. You are doing a good job. And you may wonder, how can she say that? She doesn't even know me. I know the calling, and I know the responsibility that you've been entrusted with. Just the fact that you are here, and that you're tuning in, and that you're learning and growing and seeking mentoring and discipleship, that tells me that you are doing the very best that you can with the story that you are living out right now. I remember when I had two small children. There was a doctor in the Atlanta area. Her name was Dr. Denmark. She was in her 90s when I started going to her. And she lived an hour from my home. So I would get up at 6 in the morning to drive that hour so I could be waiting on her doorstep when she opened her office. She did not have a receptionist and she did not make appointments. So you were seen on a first-come, first-served basis. The reason that I would drive to see her, even sometimes if my kids weren't sick, I was just going for a well visit, was because she gave value to me as a mom. She was always encouraging me in that way, and she was always reminding me of the importance of my role in the life of my child. And that's what I want to do for you today. Those first few years of holidays without your husband and doing it alone, they're sad and they're hard and they're overwhelming and you're trying to find balance. You're trying to figure it all out. You're in a grief fog. What we are going to talk about today may be something that you're just going to tuck away for later on in life. It certainly may not be the time for you to try to implement what we're going to talk about. I know the days are full and you're tired in every single way. Even though it's been a lot of years since my mothering season, I can still look back and remember some of the hard parts. One year, and this might encourage you moms, because I really am not trying to overload you or share without offering some understanding. It was right in the middle of everything. It was evening. It was past bedtime, I think, and I stopped at the grocery store just to pick up a couple of things that I just had to have. 
It was probably this first week of the Christmas season. Keep in mind, if I needed an egg, I had to load up all eight of my children because I didn't have anyone to help me in those early years. So I made this stop at the grocery store, and as I was in the checkout line, my kids were all adding items to the conveyor belt because they needed that gift for a teacher, and they wanted to get that gift for a friend, and it was piling up to the point that I almost ran out of the grocery store because I was so overwhelmed by all the things. I got home, I sent my kids to the showers, and I was getting ready to tuck them in bed, and I received a phone call. It was the store manager of that grocery store, and they announced that I had left a child at the store. I argued with that manager. No, no, she's in the shower. Back and forth we went, and I was making my defense that I had certainly not left a child at the grocery store. I did roll call every time we would leave a parking lot, and I would call out their names. And it was at this point that the store manager said, Ma'am, would you like to talk to the child that you left at the grocery store? And sure enough, one of my children got on the phone to let me know that she was not in the shower, and then I had left her there. That's horrible, and it might bring a laugh today, or maybe it still brings a gasp, and I've talked to that child several times about that incident, but I was completely overwhelmed, no matter how hard I was trying to stay on top of everything, and that may be where you are today, Mom. You may be in a place where you are stepping into the role of carrying a responsibility that is heavy. This podcast is not to add to the weight, but you may be at a place where you're a few years in or maybe a lot of years in, and so this might be some helpful information that that you can learn from, you can listen to, maybe it's some ideas that you'll tuck away for a later time. I believe it's important to plant seeds into the lives of our children. We really have one planting season, and that's when they're in our home, when they're children. Today's episode is going to talk about just that, a planting of seeds for you as you consider leading your children in the celebration of the holidays. This episode today is not specific to moms raising kids without a dad, so you might want to share it with others. And as I said, I'm not trying to add one more thing to your list of things to do. Boy, I can add to the tradition list for sure, and I have lots of ideas. That doesn't mean they're all for you. Counting down is a way to tell the story to your children. When we get to Advent, and especially at this time of year, it's counting down to the birth of Jesus. And one of the ways that you can incorporate teaching your children about God is to walk them through the Old Testament that brings them to the birth of Jesus. He came to die and to shed his blood, which was necessary for salvation. The thread of red, as I refer to it, is woven from Genesis to the Gospels. Advent is looking forward to the birth of Christ and counting down to the end of the story when he returns again. And moms, there's many ways to do this. Again, keep it simple. I'm going to link in the show notes some resources that you might want to check out. 
The Big Picture Bible is not an Advent story, but if you want to understand the story of the gospel, the story of Jesus, it's a children's book, but it's incredible. It's an amazing way to learn. I personally learned from reading the Big Picture Bible. The Advent book is a book that is really no longer in print. You can get it, but it's really expensive. I'll link to that, but it had doors that children could open. They love to do that, and it was simple. It was easy, effective, and enjoyable. Every day, a child could open up a door, read a verse, and they were counting down, and the story was unfolding in that way. Jotham's Journey was three storybooks on Advent. It's really good for kids in fourth through sixth grade. My kids really enjoyed that. This isn't about Advent. It's just the story of the birth of Christ. I really, really like the movie, The Nativity Story. I'll link to that as well. But I want to share now an idea that one of my daughters uses for their own family, Advent. I believe she adapted this from the Jesse Tree story. I wasn't familiar with it at all, but it's become popular in recent days. You can just Google Jesse Tree and storybooks will come up about Jesse Tree. I'm also going to link to some ornaments that I found. Again, I just found these. And if you're not wanting to try to do what I'm about to share with ornaments on your tree that tell the story of the coming of Jesus, you can order these on Amazon. Be done with it. If you choose to do that, again, just use this episode as a guide. The Advent ornaments that my daughter uses, she charted out the story that includes the necessity of the blood for the covenant, the everlasting covenant that God made with us. She got 25 ornaments that were symbols that they could talk about, and she put them in a little muslin bag. The bags are numbered 1 to 25, and the 25 days before Christmas, the children can open up one bag each day. Children love to unwrap stuff, don't they? Maybe you have some toddlers unwrapping your Christmas presents, so little tip that I'm sure you know, don't put those gifts out till the night before Christmas. But anticipating is the beauty of Advent. Every day, whether it's morning or before bedtime, one of the children will open up a bag with an ornament. They read the scripture, and as they do this, they're telling the story. They're counting down to the day of Jesus' birth. It's very simple. I'm going to take just a few minutes to walk you through those 25 days. I'll try to put this in some kind of a format on the show notes. So if you're interested, you can click on that and you'll have that. You may not even want to get ornaments. You may not even need a symbol. You may just talk about these 25 things the 25 stepping stones, the 25 visuals and experiences that are woven in the Old Testament that tell the story of Jesus. The 25th day has already passed. That would have been December 1st. That 25th day is talking about the story of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the symbol here is the world. You can just get a little 
ornament that looks like the world just to show that God is all-powerful, all-knowing. He's everywhere. He's eternal. Day 24 depicts the fall. You might find an apple or a snake or something that pictures the animal covering, which is the picture of the cross when God covered Adam and Eve with animal skins instead of fig leaves. Genesis 3.21 says that God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. What a picture he was painting in the garden that would take place on the cross. I didn't know that, ladies. I didn't know that in my early years, even though I've known the Lord since I was a child. No one taught me these things. Day 23 is the flood. Christ is our ark. So you may have an ornament of Noah's Ark or a rainbow, even though sadly that's taking on a whole new worldly meaning. But we're not going to give up the rainbow. When we receive Jesus Christ by faith, we enter into the Ark of Salvation. Day 22 is the beginning of the patriarchs. It started with Abraham, where God said, I will make you a great nation and you will be a blessing to others. So I hang on my tree an ornament that's just a bottle of sand and some stars because God told Abraham that his descendants would be as many as the sand and the stars. Abraham obeyed God and trusted him, and they moved to a new land. Talk about faith. And I know, Mom, you and your children are in a new land as well. So just remembering these stories in this simple way is planting seeds that God can bring forth fruit, maybe even in their adult years. Day 21 is the patriarch Isaac, Abraham's son. Do you remember the story where God asked Abraham to offer his only son? Genesis twenty-two thirteen says, Abraham looked up and he glanced around and behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And I don't know if you realize this, but this is a picture of Jesus. It's the exact same place where Jesus would die on the cross. So you might get a ram to put on your tree as a symbol of Jesus, our sacrificial lamb. Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. He will provide for you as well. And then we have Jacob. You might get a string and put 12 beads to represent the 12 sons of Jacob, which became the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. Jacob is a picture of grace. Day 19, Joseph is also a picture of Jesus. You may be familiar with the story of Joseph. He was Rachel's first son. He dreamed of the future. He was sold into slavery, and he was falsely imprisoned, and he became the second highest official in Egypt. So for that ornament, you might cut out a little robe out of different colors, just as a picture of Jesus. And the robe was dipped in blood. So throughout, I call it the thread of red because we want to teach our children that Jesus is on every page of the Old Testament. Day 18, Moses and the giving of the law. He was born a Hebrew and he was raised a prince. God gave him the Ten Commandments, and the Lord used his mighty hand to bring the people out of Egypt. So, you may have an ornament of the Ten Commandments. Day 17 is Passover. 
The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. That's Exodus 12, 13. So the symbol for that is the Passover lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God, the one who came to take away the sins of the world. Day 16 is wilderness wanderings. You may have as a symbol for that a sandal, and you can talk with your children that this world is not our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're just passing through. Day 15 is the story of Joshua and Caleb who entered the land. This is such a beautiful story of faith. They believed God. They met Rahab, who did not have a good past, but she also believed God and was saved. I love the story of Joshua and Caleb. Out of 12 spies, they were the only ones that believed God. And there was reason for their unbelief. There were giants in the land. But Joshua and Caleb said, We're going to trust you. If you say we can take the land, then we will take the land. And Rahab was told to place a red cord in the window. So when they came back to destroy the city of Jericho, they would see that red cord. Just think about it. The red is symbolic there. Day 14 is Jericho. God told the people to march around the walls of Jericho seven times, and on the seventh day when they blew the trumpet, the walls fell down. The city was destroyed except for Rahab and her family. This story is found in Joshua chapter 6, but in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith where it talks about all the men and women who trusted God by faith, it says, The people had faith, so the walls of Jericho fell down. It happened after they marched around the city for seven days. So the symbol, of course, would be a trumpet, which announces salvation. Moms, can you see how just this simple remembering every day has so much more meaning, so much more life, and can really be an encouragement to you and your kids as you're walking in your own season of faith. Day 13 is the period of the judges where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And then Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, who was the son of Rahab. He married Ruth, who became the grandmother of David. And through that line came Jesus. Ruth was also a woman who had been left alone. Oh, I love the story of Ruth. I'm sure you're familiar with Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. Maybe it was even quoted at your wedding. It says, Ruth replied, Don't try to make me leave you and go back. Where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. That's what was said to her mother-in-law. So maybe you have some wheat. Or to symbolize the judges where everyone is doing what is right in their own eyes. You may even get a gavel. Just a reminder that Boaz was a relative of Naomi, who is a picture of Jesus, our kinsman redeemer. We're making it through the countdown. Day 12 is the season of the kings, and Saul was the first king. You might remember the people wanted a king like everybody else. And so a crown would be a good symbol to remind us that Jesus is the eternal king. Day 11, King David was a man after God's own heart. 
A heart is a symbol I have chosen for my ornament. You could also use a slingshot, which is a reminder of David in the early days where in 1 Samuel 17, 45, he says, You are coming to fight against me with a sword and a spear, but I am coming against you in the name of the Lord. Oh, the enemy is going to try to work against you, ladies, and your kids. But come under the covering of God as your defender and teach your children he's a father to the fatherless, and you will have exciting and hope-filled days ahead. Solomon was born to King David. You might remember that David and Bathsheba had a son, and it was Solomon. He was one that got to build the temple of Jerusalem. He was blessed with great wisdom. He wrote Proverbs and Song of Solomon and Ecclesiastes. God made him very wise. It says in 1 Kings that his understanding couldn't even be measured. So maybe you have a temple or something to symbolize the temple. And this also serves as a reminder that we are the temple of God and we have been bought with a price. Day nine is the season of the prophets. There were major prophets and then we'll remember the minor prophets. The only difference in the major and the minor is the size of their message, the size of the book. Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, and Jeremiah were all major prophets who prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. One of the very famous Christmas verses that's encouraging for all of us is Isaiah 9-6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so some have, for the symbol here, a city, because Revelation twenty-one twenty-two says, I saw no temple in heaven, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are the temple. Isn't that something to look forward to in the coming days? Day eight, we remember the minor prophets. Micah, we're definitely going to talk about his special prophecy in a few weeks Micah prophesied the exact place where Jesus would be born. It's one of my absolute favorite stories. It's a story that gives me hope. Micah 4.8 says, As for you, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come. You will definitely want to tune in when I talk about the tower of the flock. Day 7 is about Jonah. So get an ornament of a whale, and believe it or not, Hobby Lobby has a whale ornament, or at least they used to. Jonah was in the belly of the great fish. And Matthew 12, 40 says, Just as he was three days and three nights in the belly, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. This is symbolic of Jesus in the tomb. Day 6, Zacharias and Elizabeth conceive John the Baptist. And if you remember, Zacharias did not believe what had been told to him. We have to be so careful of unbelief. So on my tree, to represent this, I have a chalkboard, and it just says his name will be John, because because of John's unbelief, he wasn't able to talk for the whole nine months. He had to write his message perhaps, that the name of his son would be John. So moms, 
You can't believe you're in this season right now, but I would encourage you to believe God. You have exciting days ahead. Day five, John the Baptist, the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth, prepares the way. He points to Jesus, the light of the world. John 1, 3 says, He's the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for Him. So you may want to have a lantern as a reminder that we are just passing through this world and we are to be a light that points people to the true light of the world. Day four, just four days before Christmas, angels announced to Mary and Joseph the coming of Jesus. This is found in Matthew 1 and Luke 1. You might read those chapters with your children, and the symbol here, of course, would be an angel. Day three of our Advent ornament celebration is Jesus is born. I don't have this on Christmas Day because there's two more things that we want to remember. Jesus is born, and we're going to remember that on day three. Emmanuel, God with us. Luke 2 is the Christmas story. So for your ornament, you would want to have a manger as your symbol. Christmas Eve, the angels announce this news to the shepherds. That's found in Luke 2. 8 through 12. This is where you would have swaddling clothes and maybe share the devotion of the Tower of the Flock, which again is in the upcoming episode. And Christmas Day, wise men came and the star shines bright. Matthew chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 is the scripture that you would read on that day. Of course, these are all just ideas, moms kind of a springboard to get you thinking of how you are going to celebrate with your family and what Advent looks like. You could have a star on Christmas Day for remembering the wise men, or you can talk about the three gifts that they brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold was for the king. Frankincense was for the priest and myrrh because of the sacrifice. I will be praying for you. I know that God is going to shepherd you as you count down the days of Christmas, as you celebrate Advent or think about Advent. God is going before and behind you. I pray that he's even carrying you. I pray that the grace of God is thick and that his presence is felt by you, even in the midst of all the chaos. That's my prayer. I pray that in your heart you find it to be a place of worship, to worship the Lord, even if it involves a sacrifice of praise. Thank you so much for listening today. Please give us a rating and a review. I know you're busy, and so it takes just an extra few minutes to Give us a word of encouragement, but it really does mean a lot. Moms, you're doing a really good job. No matter how you're choosing to count down the days, I really pray that they are filled with so many sweet memories. Please come back next week. I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about, the holidays that Jesus celebrated. Until then, 
May the Lord hold you close as you share with your children the Advent season, the coming of Jesus Christ to the world as a baby.